What's up, guys? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast, where our number one passion is helping you grow in your walk with God. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my mission in life is to do whatever I can to help you develop an authentic friendship with your Father in Heaven. That's right, to know Him and make Him known, these are the two most important things in life. There's no question, spending time alone with God every day is going to improve every area of your life, including your family, your finances, your job, and without a doubt, your eternity. So make plans to hang with us every Tuesday as we grow together in our ability to engage with God in our everyday lives. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, Josh and I dive into the earth-shattering topic, Who's Your Daddy? I'm sure you're aware, but the enemy of your soul is hard at work to destroy the image of your Heavenly Father. He realizes if he can distort that image, your connection with the God as Father metaphor will likely derail your ability to walk closely with your Creator, even eroding our trust in our Heavenly Father based on issues we've had with our earthly fathers. Our only hope is to combat the enemy's tactics by renewing our minds on the truth, the truth that our God is the foundational embodiment of what a father actually should be, rather than an extension of the bad examples of other poor fathers and leaders we've had in our lives. Seriously, if we developed a sour image of our father in heaven, why would we find any enthusiasm about embracing the number one most important purpose of our lives, to come to the father in relationship? If the enemy can take this away, he is essentially taking everything away. All right, a couple things to expect. I discuss the beauty of the spirit of adoption that shocks our sensibilities by inviting every person on the planet to be a part of the family of God. And Josh talks about the way in which God's love is totally like an end of game celebratory Gatorade bath. All right, so let's pray and we'll get started. Dear God, we come by faith to the one and only true Father, the one who relentlessly chases us down with love, calling us sons and daughters to you, our God and our spiritual Father. Please, God, open our hearts and help us get past our misconceptions, our insecurities concerning the beautiful family we've been invited to be a part of. Touch us now in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're gonna hit the gas and throttle into today's pure worship podcast entitled who's your daddy well joshua it's so good to be back in your presence jeffrey <laughs> Man, Dio. i think this is the part i've missed most about us doing these podcasts no no i, I enjoy the, the content the meat but hanging out with you uh, and being goofy and silly, it kind of takes a cake sometimes. Dude, what if we did one podcast that we just talked like this the whole time? We're, <laughs> then it, it would be kind of like some of the other podcasts that we've done. Did we? D- <laughs> we just have difficulty controlling the volume of our voice. Yes. I think we've done that. We did. We did. Ah, yeah, yeah. Shoot. It's good, though. It's just funny. when you think I mean, you're original. Well, I've been, we've been out of the saddle, man. And so I'm, maybe the old ideas would be fresh ideas. That's right. And it's good because you're kind of weaving in some things from the past. People go, oh, yeah, I remember that other one. And then they go and they listen to it again. Oh, yeah. I remember not laughing the first time Josh did that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. 
<laughs> do you think do you think they put it on two times when they listen to our podcast like the double double speed probably I've heard people say that they can't do that with ours because we talk too fast oh my gosh <laughs> dude when you send me Marco Polo's for those out there who don't know what Marco Polo it's hey. just a video chat app anyway I always put you on double speed yeah. and you talk so darn fast and then <laughs> and, and, but anyway love you guys and, and, and it's so you talk so fast and oh well you know I got so much to say in so little time you're a fast talker Jeff yep, Dio yep yep well yep. man what are we talking about today this is this oh is man alright so <laughs> this is one of my favorite titles uh, that we've ever done like I mean who's, who's your, your daddy, daddy? <laughs> wait let's do it again one, one two, two three who's your daddy <laughs> Yeah, man. I love this. Um, the concept behind this is we're trying to, I, I would love to bring out the characteristics of the father, uh, man, and who he really is. I think there's so much misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And we've done a couple podcasts way back. Where we talked about the father and then we talked about the son. We talked about the Holy Spirit. Yep. So there could be a little crossover here, but we really just want to focus on some of the characteristics of a father. Yeah. And part of the reason that you guys have heard this in sermons, but I think the devil has been working overtime on trying to ruin the father's reputation yeah. by ruining your father's reputation. Wow. Right? Yeah. I man. mean, so many people in this day and age do not have a good picture of what a father is because of their earthly father. Yeah. And because of that, whether it be they didn't treat you well, or they were consumed with ministry instead of you. Uh, they never told you that, that they loved you. They never showed you that they loved you. Uh, they were absent. Maybe you don't even know who your father is. And so this father figure has now become distorted. It's got a bad rep, um, a bad rap too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. And so the enemy, obviously, he's thinking to himself, hey, what can I do to destroy some of the most significant pieces of the kingdom to cause people to not understand. Yep. And the understanding is that God uses the analogy of a father yeah. hugely in the scriptures. Man, this is so weird. I, the other night, I don't know what inspired this, but I was watching a Monty Python movie on, <laughs> on I think it was Hulu or I, I don't even know where it was. Maybe it was Tubi. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I was watching The, uh, the Meaning of Life by okay. Monty Python. Okay. And, yeah. you know, I'm totally kind of like in that kind of stupid kind of humor. Yeah, it's kind of a geek nerd type of... To- right, v- right, Very right, geeky, right, okay, very okay, British. Okay. Yes. But then um, it's just amazing, man, as I was watching their portrayals mm. of God the Father. Wow. Um, just the old man. He looked like a, an, uh, like a Greek Orthodox priest with a huge gray right. and white pepper beard and yep. the ornate... And, and his, you know, his mouth looked like a like a little puppet cutout yes. paper thing. And, yes. and it's just flabbergasting to me, like yep. d- people's idea of God the Father. Yes. I mean, you look in our culture and yep. look, I don't know where you're... We all need to get sanctified with our television minds Come here, on. But, but I'm like, you know, you got Homer Simpson, you got mm-hmm. Peter Griffin, you got the American yep. Dad. I mean... You got yep. all these different things, uh, and I, I never wanted to be one of those guys like, oh, man, people are derailing the the, the image of a father. Right. But, guys, seriously, if you watch any any media venue, yep. you will see a, a degrading and a distortion of the image of what a yep. father is supposed to look like. And, guys, we take those images of Simpson, yep. and we put it on God. Yes. And so just what Jeff's saying, man, I can relate to that. I've done it with my own dad. Well, it's interesting, too, because... Um, I know that Hollywood likes to say, hey, listen, we're not creating culture. We're reflecting culture. Yeah. 
And that's their kind of defense for putting out shows like that. And I do think there is some truth to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, it's a both and, not an either or. Yeah. Maybe they are reflecting some, what they typically do is they reflect some corners of culture. Yeah. <laughs> and then it perpetuates it, that yeah. idea. That's the word. And so it becomes yeah. the norm. They take the exception and make it the norm. That's totally and, it. And, and it's when you watch those shows, it's funny because it's sad. Yeah. It's funny because it's true and you can relate to some of those things and it's kind of goofy, but it's also extremely sad and we've eroded this concept of a father and the enemy is not, you know, I mean, he's no fool. I mean, he is a fool, but he's not a fool at the same time. He knows that eroding that image is one of the best things that he can do to keep us. Because if the end goal of life is to come to the father and you have a disgusting, ridiculous idea of what a father is then why would you want to come to the father yeah i mean just those all the movies i i I was thinking about i don't even know the other movies that that do depict the father but every time you see like a god yeah in many movies he's either like a jerk or he's stupid or he's you know bumbling around or you know it's it's the that kind of thing a lot of times too yeah and so from all kinds of culture we've get we're getting this bad image it may be perpetuated by your own walk with god or what walk with your father or lack thereof yeah Uh, all of us i mean come on now when you're when you're little um most times you have an idea of your father that's probably greater than what he is in actuality yeah right you have this uh put him on a pedestal type of relationship unless there's just massive abuse or he's at completely absent, that type of thing. Even still, there's this idea, there's hunger for your father to be, you know, to, to, to be all that. I mean, even, yeah. even with my dad, I mean, my dad's awesome. I love my dad. He's a great dad, uh, but it's not a perfect dad. Yeah. And my kids are growing up and I think I'm a pretty good dad, but I'm certainly not perfect. Yeah. And so it's easy for then the, the world to come in or for us to come in and start to take are the failings of our fathers and put them on God the Father. Yeah. And that's what we want to try to kind of get rid of. We want to dissolve those yeah. types of things and kind of get back to what does the Bible say the Father is? What is God's revelation of who he is? Yeah. Something as simple as, uh, I love saying this because it's so important, how are you supposed to worship a God that you don't know? Right. So you just take scriptures and you and you put them in your heart. You read them again. You go, whoa, that's the kind of God I want to worship. Simple one. God is slow to anger. Yeah. And he's full of unfailing love. Abounding. But see, that's the thing is a lot of people see God. And we've talked about this. The Old Testament. He's mean. He's an ogre. He's killing people. He's striking you down. But that is actually an Old Testament concept. Yeah. That he's slow to anger. Now. Doesn't say he didn't ever get angry. Yeah. You know, because the Israelite tested him over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Mercy, 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 mercy. And more mercy and mercy and more love and more forgiveness, even in the Old Testament. It's crazy. Right? Yes. And at some point, the grace runs out and, you know, there is anger there. But it says he's slow. The point is he's slow to anger and he's full of unfailing love. Filled to overflowing. This is who the father is. Yeah, absolutely, man. I even think of Isaiah. Uh, we, we say this a lot in evangelical circles, you know, your sins have separated you from God, yeah. which I believe, you know, with the gospel, that's the beauty of what Christ has done. He came yeah. and restored us and redeemed us. And and now there is no a veil or barrier between us and the father yeah. anymore. But 
um, you know, what's crazy about that verse that we quote so many times in Isaiah, that is after century and century and year upon year and decade upon decade of the Israelites turning away. Your sins have separated you from God. And so what's even crazy about that is just like, man, it takes a lot to get our father to the point of, man, I can't, yes. I can't handle this anymore. Yep. You need to go to Babylon for 70 years. Yeah. You know, yep. so I mean, even some would go as far as to say that, that God, cause people, people say, oh, if God was loving, he wouldn't send people to hell. Well, a different perspective on that is that God doesn't send people to hell. People choose it. They yep. beg for it and beg for it. They, and they reject God so much that finally God says, okay, yeah. I give in, even though against my best wishes, because I love you, yep. I'm going to allow you to choose to be apart from my presence. Yeah. And little do you understand that being apart from my presence is hell. Yeah. Right. I think we've talked about that on some, some other podcasts, but so there's this beautiful scripture, man, in first John. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I love this, but uh, man, it's like you... a life scripture for oh, you, isn't it? Oh my gosh. It? I right? just love this verse. Yeah. And you can help, you know, uh, process it with this, but first, first John three, uh, says this, see how very much hmm. our heavenly father loves us. Yeah. For he allows us to be called his children. And we really are exclamation points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the people who belong to this world don't know God. Relational, right? Relational yeah. knowing. So they don't understand that we are his children. You know, I, I like to say it this way, that everyone on the planet is a child of God. Mm. Just a lot of people don't know it yet. Right. So then the other version of 1 John 3 uh, out of the NIV has a word that we both love. Mm. It says it this way, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Come on, man. Man, talk to us about that, John. Dude, lavish. Like, any Vikings fans out there? Probably not, <laughs> uh, but... No. Uh, old Packer fans up in here. But, uh, man, I think of, like, man, Coach Zimmer, you know, he's... Uh, they, they win the games sometimes uh, <laughs> when they're doing good, and they get the big thing of Gatorade, and they come and they dump it on the coach. There you go. Like, to me, guys, that is the picture of lavish. When, when, when the father, when he talks about lavishing us... That's what I see is he takes just grace and mercy and his goodness and his truth and his love and he just takes it and he just completely immerses us and dunks us. He literally baptizes us and lavishes us with his love. And I just love that, man. And it says, and that is what we are, exclamation point. And you know what? You have to actually, you have to declare that out loud. Yeah. Like people, listen to me out there. You need to say that every day. Yeah. That is what I am. That is who I am. I am loved by the Father. God loves me. He has lavished, because you have to change your mindset. Because the world is kind of screaming the other thing. God hates you. God's mad at you. God is this and that. But the Bible is clear. He's lavished his love. You're the coach. And he's dumping his love all over you. Not, yeah. Anyway, it's not (laughs) the right analogy there. But but you get it. Like the the point of the Gatorade, the the love of God. Maybe it's immersion. Complete immersion in God's love. You're being dunked. (laughs) Yep. 
in his love, right? And so, man, there's all these worship songs out there, which is cool, man. I'm really, ex well, you, you got this kind of modern day hymn, like, how deep the father's love for yeah. us, or like you got, you're a good, good father, right? Yes. And, and then, uh, I mean, there's, uh, how about, how about this truth? Like, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yep. I am a child of God. So there's this, Ooh, there's declare this, that. there's this, yeah, exactly. It's I like, am a child of God. Is that scripture? Or did somebody just write that? It totally song? is, man. Oh, it's it, totally I got, scripture. I got it for you right here. It's based out of Romans 8, people. Listen Brilliant. to this, man. This is so good. Uh, yeah. Oh, it says this. this. This one's for free. It says, all those who are led by God's spirit are the sons of God. Oh. Come on. Wait, does that mean that the opposite is true, too? I like to do this. It helps me think okay. about scripture. All right. What do you think, though? So, if you're not led by the spirit, uh, you're not. <laughs> Oh, I, oh, man, we shouldn't I go can't there, even right? handle that right now. Just let me read, let me read right. verse 15. Okay. All right, you're trembling. You're trembling. Please. Uh, it says, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Look at this, man. The spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit that we are God's children, and if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, wow. seeing that we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. Oh, man, that's for another podcast. Right. Talking about, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get into that a little bit here, too. But anyway, it's so cool. Like, we're heirs. Yep. And it's like, we're, if we're led by the spirit of God, we're the sons of God. And, and yeah. uh, it's just so, well, it's so part powerful. of it that we wanted to get to that verse is, is in fact, we almost, we, when we called this podcast, who's your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> we were really thinking about calling it like spirit of adoption mm -hmm. because that is our father. Yeah. Like you think about this analogy of being adopted and how he takes those of us, all of us who are not a part of the family. Yeah. We're not of royal blood. Yep. Um, he's made us in his image, but we're not, you know, we're, we're not holy in our, in and of ourselves. And so he has said, look, I want to take you in yeah. and I want you to be adopted spiritually into my family. This is the father Dude. that we, he could just be like, man, you're not even a part of the family. Get out. And instead, he says, no, I love you. I want to adopt you. Yeah. Uh, I liked what you said about the spirit of adoption. Yeah, man. So the whole, you know, I've had friends who have adopted kids. And what's so powerful about it is that, yeah, it didn't come from the the womb of the, of the biological mother. But it almost like kicks it up a whole other degree when those children realize that they were chosen by parents man. that weren't even their biological parents. I have no control. I had zero control over yep. my children of, of who I ended up with. Yeah, right. And I love my kids, man. They're amazing. <laughs> right? They're beautiful. Yep. But like there's... And there's, they had no choice of you. Of my... Who their father, Absolutely. right? I mean, they, they, yep. they could come out and go, man, I didn't even get to choose here, you know? But, right. <laughs> but that's the beauty of adoption is that it's literally... You're not my own, but I'm making you my own. You yeah. know, my, my stepsister, yes. she was three years old when my dad legally adopted her. And she, mm. and she said... Oh, today's the day that I get to become an Edwards. Wow. And it was just so cool. Like she was now a part of our family. Like yeah. she isn't my blood sister, yeah. but she's, she's totally my sister. Wow. And we're, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that my dad got to choose her. Even my stepmom, you know, for, for me and my brother, you know, our mom is still in the mix and that kind yeah. of stuff, but she literally like 
I choose these boys. Yes. I choose to take yes. them in and, and love them and teach them. And so what a beautiful thing adoption is. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it comes with its challenges because like I have two nephews that are adopted. My yep. sister and her husband, Deanna and Tim, uh, they have uh, two sons. They're not brothers, uh, blood brothers, and they were both adopted. Uh, my sister was unable to get pregnant. And so after praying and all these different situations, uh, Luke and Levi were both adopted at two different times hmm. from families, uh, rough situations, difficult situations, whatever. Um, and, you know, even though I feel like they grew up in a very healthy environment where they're loved, they're chosen, like you were saying, uh, there's still a moment for, for kids who have been adopted where either they find out or they're told their parents sit them down say, hey, we got to talk about this. But then there's there's a wrestling match that happens a little bit. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, well, who am I then? Who am I really? Who am I connected to? There's a struggle. There's a battle. Totally, man. But then when you come to that re revelation, like you were saying, yeah. that, whoa, they didn't have to choose me, but they wanted me. Yeah. Because you, know, you, you wrestle with, okay, what happened with my other parents yeah. my, those situations those situations can be very difficult but you have some people that said out of the entire population of the world i i choose, choose you man you my god man and i know that luke and levi have wrestled with some of these things you know uh yeah. some publicly with us and we've talked about it, and some privately i mean those those would be some hard things uh but man what an incredible thing to know that they've been chosen and that's who we are, yeah. right? If you wanted to take the analogy further, you could be like, okay, well, the Israelites were technically a part of the family. Yeah. You know, like he he chose them as the original family. Yep. Everyone else was kind of rejected in a sense. Um, but then because the Israelites rejected God, then God said, well, I'm going to choose everybody else then yeah. too. And he said, man, and then that's where we as Gentiles were, as the Bible talks about, grafted in. Yeah. It's like, so you have been grafted in as part of my family. Yeah. And he's brought us in. And so, you know, of course, you could be like, oh, who is God to do this, whatever. But I see it as incredible blessing that he's adopted me, that he calls me his son. I like to look at it this way that I have been given a blood transfusion, mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. DNA change. Yep. You know, I have been given the DNA of Christ. I have been given, like if we did a DNA test, even though I've been adopted, it's an interesting thing because spiritual adoption is, yes, you're not actually part of the family, but then you are. Yeah. Because if we did a DNA test, then my, you know, to see if the, you know, if, is this really my dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the father, to see if the father is really my dad, if we did a DNA test, they would find that you, that myself, that anyone who calls, that has repented and come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we have the same DNA. They'd go, oh, yep, there's a match. Yeah. There's a match. And it's a miraculous match. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be. Man, can you believe it? 
God chooses me. He chooses you to be his sons and his daughters. I mean, maybe that doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but if you think about who he is and who we are apart from him, it's honestly a mind-blowing thought to imagine that he wants us to be in his family, to graft us in, to give us a spiritual blood transfusion in order to modify our spiritual DNA to be like his. Many refuse his offer because they think it's impossible or because they don't feel worthy or even because they don't want him to be their father. But I want to encourage you to embrace this insane offer, one we don't deserve and certainly haven't earned, one that revolutionizes your past, your present, and the entirety of your future. Okay, as you know, I've got a cool opportunity for you to be a part of. The Dio family is participating in a special 10K run this Sunday, October 20, to raise money to build fresh water wells for people who have no access to clean water, ultimately opening the doors for them to embrace the gospel. Would you please pray about joining with us by checking out the link on my recent Facebook post and giving online. All right, as we get back to the conversation, Josh keeps it real by talking about why a loving father doesn't always take away the pain in our lives. And I talk about how we don't serve, as many imagine, a father who sits piously and passively on his throne, but a God who takes action to show us his love for his kids by running to us with open arms. So grab another cup of coffee and settle in as we get back to this Tuesday's Pure Worship Podcast. What's wild, dude, is this was the plan from the beginning, right? Like, Jeff, bro, you and I as Gentiles were not an afterthought. That's right. That's right. Guys, listen, you were not an afterthought. You were, you were. <laughs> it wasn't like God just was like, well, fine, just because the Israelites rejected me. Now I'll right. choose you too. He and always wanted to choose. That's everybody. what the whole main chunk of the book yep. of Romans is about, man. Yep. It's, it's talking about how the Jews, do they stumble only to fall? Yep. No, man. It goes back to the seed of Abraham. And maybe this is a little too heady for y'all, but mm-hmm. guys, look, this was the promise to Abraham. He said, I'm going to bless your seed. That's right. Like that, that seed, all the nations, all all the nations, the whole world will be blessed because of you, the father of faith, man. And so like, here we go. We respond and we receive that spirit of adoption through faith, just like Abraham. Tell me if this is too far, but the way I see it is that there's been a misunderstanding with the word chosen with the Jews in a sense that they're God's chosen people. What are they chosen for? I feel like there is a misunderstanding from the Jewish people that they were chosen to be God's only people when really what he chose them for is to bring the message of love to all nations. Yeah. So they weren't chosen to be the only people that God loved. They were chosen to share the message of the gospel to the entire world. And that's where they were special. They weren't special because they were loved more. They were special because they were chosen to bring the message of love to everyone. And that's why Paul, dude, in the last podcast, guys, we were were just kind of sitting down and what, what should we be talking about over these next few weeks? And a main scripture was really in our hearts and it was based on Second Corinthians chapter yes. 6 uh, and really kind of tapping into 16 really through 18. But guys, this is what verse 18 says. 
so cool, so confirming in our hearts. It says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters Mm. to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now, who's he talking to, man? He's talking to the Corinthians. He's talking to a bunch of Greco-Roman people that are that are thinking like Greco-Romans. Yep. And yeah, there's some Jews mixed into there. But guys, this is now about not only the Jew, but it's also for the Greek. Yes. And now, and dude, we're heirs for crying out loud. I don't even know what that means half the time. An heir, we're not only children. Yeah. yeah. But dude, we're heirs yeah. with Christ. Yeah. What the heck, man? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not an heir if you're outside the family. Yeah. Like, nobody gets to have the estate if you're not a part of the family. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. have access. Yep. So the fact that we have, not only do we have, and this is the most important point about being a child of God, is that you have access to the Father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. But then you also have access to his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right? So we don't want to focus on... First and foremost, the fact that we have access to his stuff, but we are heirs, but not just of his stuff, but everything he has. Peace. Yeah, we're yeah. heirs of peace. Come we're on. heirs of kindness. We're heirs of love. Right. We're heirs of righteousness. Yep. Heirs of freedom and yeah, all that stuff. Right. So and yep. forgiveness. So incredible stuff. Uh, a couple other characteristics of the father that, that I notice when I look at the Bible. And then I also want us to get to uh, Mark 14. Uh, where Jesus cries mm-hmm. out, Abba, Father. So we'll get there in just a minute mm-hmm. here. But a couple other thoughts on this. And when we are thinking about the Father and how the enemy tries to erode our concept of the Father, you think about, you got to think about the prodigal son. Yeah. That story. Totally. Because you got three characters in that, you know, of course, the prodigal son, the older brother, and the father. Mm-hmm. And so even in this podcast, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the father and his role. Um, I mean, you know, some people would say that it was irresponsible to give the inheritance to the son. You know, you could you could uh, project what might have happened had he not done that, or had he tried to force him to stay back, or whatever. Uh, but we'll focus on his response then to his son as his son comes back. You know, the son takes his inheritance, leaves, you know, spends it all on wild, crazy living and everything. Gets to the point where he loses it all. And is barely surviving, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we know the, the story that uh, he's in a position where he's feeding the pigs for somebody else's farm and is kind of longing f- to eat what the pigs are the eating. Slop, you know, yeah, like you're at that God. point, you're, you're, you're at the low of lows right there where you're like, oh, my goodness, I li- used to live in this big, rich estate. I used to have all the money, all the everything. And now you're just if I could just eat what the pigs are oh eating, my goodness, which is the scraps, the, the leftovers, the whatever, you know, the, the garbage in a yeah, sense, you yeah, know, right? right. Um, so he has this revelation, the aha moment should go back to his father and just beg to be a servant, beg to be a slave. Cause even the slaves, the servants are treated better, which is, 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 it's a, it's a revelation that even he understood about the father yeah. is that even the slaves are treated well, even the ones who are hired hands, those who are workers, uh, that are, uh, in that sense, not, um, members of the, that father's family, the prodigal son, he's not actually brothers with the prodigal son. Even those guys are treated with blessing yeah. and more than what he had. Yep. So of course he goes back and then the question is, well, how's the father going to respond? Man. How is the father going to respond? And this is the gospel. I mean, this is the gospel. This is who God is. Cause you would think that the father would be angry. You would think that the father would be like, go away. I don't owe, I don't, I don't, 
know you yeah. at all. Right. But the son comes back. He repents. He humbles himself before the father. But even before all that, what is the posture of the father? He runs. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. We could talk about that all day long. Hoist up. Girds yeah. up, girds I mean, up his loins. Got his dress on. You know? <laughs> I mean, how do you run in one of those things, you know? Yeah. But he just did whatever it took because he's like, that's my boy. Yeah. That's my boy. And he's come back. You know, he was lost. Now he's found, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he runs. And what, he also kisses him, mm-hmm. puts a ring on his finger, puts a coat on him. And he, that's, that's about identity. Yeah. He's saying he's mine. He doesn't look at him as a hired hand or a slave or a reject or, you know, uh, someone that he should, should get rid of or turn away, go away. You know, that would be the normal response for somebody who's taken everything and squandered it. Yeah. But the fact that God runs, and I guess you have to, you know, we get the analogy, but I just want you to hear this guys hear that God runs to you. Mm. I mean, God's not the God sitting up on a throne, sitting there going, come to me. Ah, oh, come on, you come to me. Like, he's coming to you. Yeah. I like it to say it this way. If you take a thousand steps away from God, and then you take one step back toward him, he's right there. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? Because yes. he's run to you. He's chasing you. Uh, he's coming after you. He's not going to easily let you go. Yeah. And he comes to you with a kiss. He comes to you with the hug. Maybe a it's ring. a sloppy, wet kiss. Oh, no, you know? <laughs> don't start, Jeff Dio. <laughs> You know, but this is who our father is. Wow, man. He loves you dearly. And he wants you to come to him. He wants you to respond to him. He wants to have that sweet fellowship, that communion, like a good father wants. Abba, Abba, Abba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, last thing we want to look at here is the way that Jesus came to his father too. And there's, there's a million different passes that we could go. And yeah, Mark 14, 36. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know, man, if I just close my eyes and just think about this situation, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane hmm. and he is, you know, you see these paintings, man. Some of you guys, if you close your eyes, maybe don't do it while you're driving, but you see the paint, those paintings of Jesus, you know, with the beard and he's sitting with his hands folded and, and he's kind of half laying on a rock. And then the, the beam of light from the moon is coming through and he's in the garden. But this is what he says in this intimate way with his father. He says, Abba, father, he said, everything is possible for you take this cup from me. Hmm. Man, could you imagine, this is literally before he's arrested and betrayed or betrayed, arrested yep. and put on a cross and, and beaten and yep. dead. I mean, dead, buried, all that thing. And he just says, Abba, Abba, father, everything is possible for you. Yeah. Take this cup from me. So Jesus, man, I, I would like to think that when he gets away and he does his own thing and he goes up on the mountain in solitude, he had that intimate relationship with yes. Abba. Yes. And guys, here's the deal. Like, you might be walking through that crucible right now, man. You might be sitting, laying on that stone, yep. just like the old painting. And you might have that moonlight coming through. And you might be saying, Abba, let this cup pass from me. Yep. But guys, I want to tell you that on the other end of it, like Hebrews 12 says, mm. it says that Jesus, like 
endured the cross, despising yep. its shame. It's for the joy set before him on the other yep. end. And bro, there's a couple of things that I've heard about for the joy set before him. Mm. A couple of things is the salvation of all of God's children, of you and I. That was the joy that we were on Jesus' yep. mind. We were in the heart of the Father. On the other. But you know what I think the biggest thing was? Kind of throwing back to our last podcast, yep. I'd rather be a doorkeeper yep. in the house of the Lord. You know who the, what the joy was? Hmm. To see his daddy again. Yeah. To see his papa. Yep. Abba. Yes. And if that's our model, if Jesus is our model, that's what he's inviting us into. Yep. That's what God the Father is inviting us into through his son Jesus blood he invites us into that yeah it's like a twofold calling right there was the joy of going to see his father yep coupled with the joy of taking his brothers and sisters yep. with him releasing the to captain. see the father yes man right come on dude so that is <laughs> so what we good. live in right that's, that's what so we good. live in yeah. it's not don't hear us saying that your life should be consumed with you alone in the secret place 24 hours a day no, we're saying that your love for Papa is going to turn into love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Right? And that your your the joy of going through the pain and the struggle of life is that you get to be with Papa, but you also get to take and help others come along that journey with you yeah. and be with Papa and be together as a family, a spiritual family, right? Yes. With all your brothers and sisters. So part of us helping you guys look at the way that Jesus cried out is, is like, like Josh was saying, uh, one of the things you'll notice in that passage is that God didn't take the pain away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we could get into a whole thing about, you know, is God, how can God be a good father if he doesn't answer that prayer for Jesus? Well, of course, he's God and he sees the big picture and he sees that Jesus is going to be okay. He's going to overcome. He's going to, you know, defeat. And it's, it's all about the win on the other side. Yeah. And that's the thing that we forget so many times. Yeah. I mean, we can go to as simply as to go into James chapter one, right? It says, dear brothers and sisters, whatever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Well, for when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That's it, man. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. So God is also allowing you to go through difficult situations. And I would even go as far as to say this, and I think some people don't always agree with this, but even putting difficult situations in your life. I mean, if God knows you're going to grow from difficulty, mm-hmm. he's not sitting around waiting for the devil to just bring difficulty mm-hmm. on your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope the devil brings some difficulty in this person's life so they can grow. Like he understands that we grow through difficulty. Yeah. And so he is going to allow difficult things to come into our life. Do we do that to our kids as well? Yeah, we do. We want them mm-hmm. to grow. Hey, you can't go out tonight on this thing because you need to finish your homework. Mm-hmm. We see the benefit of finishing the homework in the long run, yep. but they might not understand that from this moment, you know, in this moment. Yeah. So it's the kindness of God that sometimes allows us or creates <laughs> difficult situations right. for us to go through that are going to test our faith and help us to know that we actually have faith and we can overcome. Yeah. Jeff, if I could, uh, our time's up, but could could I just take a portion of scripture and just pray it over the people here today? Is that okay? Love Even it. over us. Uh, I was quoting Hebrews 12 earlier, guys. This is starting at seven. Just receive this. Endure suffering or trials 
or tribulations as as discipline. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? Hmm. But if you are without discipline, which all of us receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Guys, the discipline validates your sonship. That's right. Uh, sometimes the beating that that the beating that Paul and Silas uh, undertook uh, when they were locked up in prison, and then the, the 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 prison walls you know shook and they got set free. Their beating actually validated their citizenship in the next portion of Scripture. Yes. So, guys, I want to tell you this: that your discipline legitimizes you as sons and daughters. Furthermore, we had natural fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? Hmm. For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit hmm. so that we can share in his holiness. People, if you want to share in his holiness, receive trials and, and, and troubles as the Lord's discipline. No, and here's the scripture. No discipline seems pleasant or enjoyable at the time, but painful. Hmm. Remember, God didn't, keep Jesus from pain. Yep. It pleased God to punish him. Why? Because this is why. Later on, however, it yields the fruit of peace and righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I just love that. Jesus, he he saw that and he received it. And the father had it in mind that he would receive many sons, many daughters unto him. And yep. it was through the crucible that Jesus walked through. That's so good. So guys, just receive that spirit of adoption today that you are sons and daughters. Just declare that. Say, I'm a son or I'm a daughter. And you will know that he's your daddy. Who's your daddy? He is your daddy. What's he like? He's a God who loves you. He's slow to anger, full of unfailing love. And he's going to be with you through the pain, through the struggle, Mm -hmm. through this life. And at the end of it all, you're going to be reunited with him in a powerful way, uh, along with all your brothers and sisters in the family of God. Okay, podcast family, it's been great hanging with you as we keep it fresh with today's new episode of the Pure Worship Podcast entitled, Who's Your Daddy? Guys, it's so easy to be deceived into believing that God is out to get us, but that's a bold-faced lie. Just like an inspiring coach or a loving father, the very fact that we are going through pain and suffering shows us that we are identified with the many heirs the Bible speaks of. Seriously though, why do you think the disciples rejoiced when they were persecuted for following Jesus? Because it proved that they were a part of the family. Jesus tells us in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Okay, we're super pumped to be back on track, bringing you a new and inspiring podcast every Tuesday. And next week is certainly no exception. We're going to be sharing an incredibly touching brand new song with you and then breaking it all down in a podcast we're calling Come Away With Me. I pray you embrace the truth of your sonship in Christ this week as you live as people whose loving Father is the creator of all things. Then we'll look forward to hanging with you again next Tuesday for another encouraging episode of the Pure Worship Podcast.